You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Crunch, episode 43. It's your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Blossel. And I'm sad. <laughs> See, that was way better anyway. I was worried... Dang, you're actually going to cut all that out? I'm going to cut all that out because we were... It just sounded super prideful. And I don't want to be prideful. You know, I want to be a, uh, I want to be the humility boy. We just did an interview with our girl, Avera. It was super good. Patrick, what'd you think? I think it went really well. I think that we got to talking about some rough issues yeah. in an understandable and relatable sense. Relatable to people who struggle with SSA, same-sex attraction, and those who do not. Yes. I think it was good for everybody to listen to, whether you are white, black, gay, straight, adult, young, whatever it is. It's an important issue that everybody needs to understand how the church relates to uh, those that experience same-sex attraction um, both inside the church and outside the church, and we covered pretty much all of our bases. It was awesome. I loved it. She's and we so... also roasted Patrick a little bit. We roasted so... Patrick a little bit. We did a little roast to Ethan. We did a little roast to everybody. Um, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe on this podcast. We we got a target out, and we got a hit. We put a hit out. We got a hitman, and his name's Patrick, and he rolls around. And he shoots people. Pow pow, Patrick, the hitman. Zing, got him. I won the humor war for today. Welcome to the crunch. <laughs> Welcome to the crunch. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you for those of you that have recently begun to support us on Patreon. Um, that means a lot to us personally. We have been putting out the bonus podcast. It didn't go up for whatever reason. I'm still trying to figure out. It's Thursday right now. I want to get it up at some point because it's like it's up and it's in the SoundCloud. Like it's in my profile, but it just doesn't want to link to anywhere. So I'm really I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure it out. If it hasn't been uploaded by when this is released. Um, I apologize. I really don't know what the problem is, but we do have another one locked and loaded ready for you. Um, for those of you that do support us on Patreon. So thank you for that. Um, besides this, I don't think we have anything of importance to share. Patrick, do you have anything? I have nothing else. I'm really excited to get this conversation into your ears. Listener land. I'm excited. Sweet. Uh, with that, I'm going to do crunch of the week. From my good friend, uh, I am her Shut favorite. Up. I am her favorite podcast host. Listen, listen, she... listen! I have a DM from her that said the only reason. Hold on. Wait a minute. No, don't ruin this. Never mind. What did she say? Fine, what did ahead. she say? She said, and I quote: "The only reason I said my favorite podcaster was because one of my two favorite pod, one of the two guys that hosts my favorite podcast, wouldn't fit in a tweet. It was not because you're a favorite. It was only because of Twitter's." 
absurd character limitations. Well, I'm changing the the Go crunch on. of the week then. I'm no, kidding. No, wait, no. This is from this is from good friend of the show, Patreon supporter, all around awesome person, uh, Miranda, who is in fact Miss South Dakota, and like is competing in yeah. the Miss America pageant, which is crazy. Um, and she's using. I competed in the Miss America pageant once. I mean, we all did, really. It's I mean, it's not that important. She's using her power <laughs> as as an official state representative to promote the crunch, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and I'm totally gonna buy one of her shirts. Anyway, she left us this very kind review, and I'm going to leave it just because of how uh, supportive and everything that she's done for the podcast. Hey, Crunch Bunch! I've been a faithful listener since last fall, and the crunch is a highlight of my week. It only gets me through a mile jog or a laundry folding session, but the content cracks me up and hits refresh on my faith life every Sunday. After just a few episodes, Ethan and Pat will rank among your best friends and have made you belly laugh 70 times, 7 times. If you're just getting started, I highly recommend the Palm Sunday episode. It's my personal favorite, and the banter is on point. On behalf of the two on the Catholic sorority girl demographic, I give the crunch two enthusiastic thumbs up and declare it to be at least as entertaining as your other favorite Catholic podcast. God bless. Hear that, guys? We are at least as entertaining as every other Catholic podcast. I'm so, just a fan of the fact that we have the sorority girl market on lock. Like, that is my... I mean, we have since the beginning, I know, right? I know, I know. I am a sorority yeah. girl at heart. Find me at your local date party, TBH. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's start the interview, why don't we? Yeah, let's go right let's into it. Let's hop into it. All right, um, catch you on the flip side. Whippy dip. Peace out. <laughs> That's a quote Weird. from Jimmy Neutron. That's a dumb, stupid, dumb reason for being late to the podcast. <laughs> no, my... I'm so mad at you. <laughs> what? This will mark the first time you've been mad at me for being late to the podcast. I'm actually... I'm not actually mad. I got to have a nice <laughs> conversation with Avera, which was great. We also, did. Avera, welcome to the podcast. We're going, by the way. We're, we've Hi. started. <laughs> All right. We're just going straight in. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. How are both of you? Well, I'm great. You know how I am. Yeah. Patrick, on the other hand. I'm doing, I'm doing terrible for two reasons. Here's the second one. <laughs> I already told the first one. For a long period, period of time. However, that kid so, says it. Yeah, so Sarah Rogers, or however you say her last name, Rogue. I was, I don't know if you saw this conversation, but she said, she said a, a certain expletive that was um, in, in the style of Ebonics, it was, it was good, and I was like, are you allowed to talk like that if you date a black guy? Because if so, I want, I want to date a black guy. Oh and then goodness. she said she said to me, she says, she looks at me through the Twitter phone and she says, Patrick, I don't think you could handle a black woman. And so here oh. I am in the same internet room as a black woman. So, Avera, can I handle you? Question. You know what? what? You Why would you phrase it that way? Why did you make it like that? Can we keep this part in, like, oh. in all honesty? Oh, yeah, it's is, definitely in. in. Because this I is all in. <laughs> Because I I made a faux pas, so it's gonna stay in. But if Ethan oh made a faux God. pas, we'd cut it out and <laughs> record over. Never it. hear anything about it. Yep. 
Oh, man, Patrick, I want to say that maybe you could handle a black woman. However, I think... Oh, we need to rephrase this. (laughs) I think you might Let's use the word date instead of handle. (laughs) (laughs) This is so true. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think you could date a black woman. I think there's one out there for you. I there, there are no black women at Franciscan. I, I am imagining. Put... Hold on, everybody, stop. I am imagining. <laughs> I'm imagining Patrick going to his girlfriend's family reunions. <laughs> It'll be like just, that Ashton Kutcher movie. It's exactly like that. This is the greatest. It's like a reverse oh. Get Out. And... <laughs> they already did a reverse Get Out. It was the Ashton Kutcher movie, which was a reverse. <laughs> What was, it was a reverse of Look Who's Coming to Dinner. Hold on. Or Look Who Came to Dinner. Is that oh. what it's called? <laughs> yeah, so the first movie was Look Who Co- or Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and it was a white family whose daughter brought home a black guy. It has three stars right? and so, on IMDb. Yeah, it's terrible. And so <laughs> oh, that's Bernie funny. Mac and Ashton oh, it's Kutcher Bernie- did the reverse. <laughs> yeah. Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher did the reverse, oh, and then I guess gosh. Get Out did the reverse again. <laughs> But I doubt I doubt that Bernie Mac tried to kidnap Ashton Kutcher and use him as a sex slave yeah. if they didn't get out. <laughs> no. You know what, Patrick? Let's run a test. You come to my family's family reunion during Mardi Gras, and we'll see how you match up with my family. Fam, I'm Cajun. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> really? Yeah, my mom's from St. Bernard Parish. Shoot, we might be cousins then. We might need to leave that alone. I doubt we're cousins. <laughs> see, see the last podcast. But cousins are yes. Yeah, the last podcast cousins. for Patrick on cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not off limits. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Man, this is I, already a great episode. I know. I, I love know. it. This is so much I more fun not. when we have a woman on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to tell you though, Patrick. I did. I thought about that, and I was like, Patrick's so dumb for getting hit on by his cousin at a family reunion. But, but I remembered um, that I was hit on by a guy for a couple of months, and then I met his parents at a family reunion. And they were so, your parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? So that was fairly awkward. I didn't like him back, but I thought it would be like very awkward for him knowing that he hit on his cousin for so long. Wow. I am. Um... When I discussed when I discussed with my mom the fact that my cousin liked me, she was like, you know, it's not technically not an option, but l- look at it this way. Do you want your extended family to be your in-laws? And I was like, that's a good point, mom. You know, here, Patrick, Very you want to hear something funny? I was at work, and I was talking about the podcast with my friend Will, and he tried to convince me that marrying your cousin is not against natural law. Oh. Okay. Because of, because of Adam and Eve. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, they didn't have too much of an option, though. That's what I said. Know? I'm like, you have. If your only option is your cousin, you gotta get out more. <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, my only option is my cousin. <laughs> uh, anyway, we've talked about this too much. Yes. Avera, Avera, Avera. Uh, Hi. You. So I've known you because of Twitter. Patrick's yes. known you because of Twitter. We met one time at Seek for like mm-hmm. five seconds. <laughs> uh, the greatest five seconds of the whole conference. Yes. Um, Score. I I want to know. I know a few things about you. I know that you live in Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. I know Do I that, sound like it? No. Do I have an accent? Not as <laughs> it's not as severe as you'd think. Yeah. Um, I know that you have a blog that you write that you write things about, and you also like electronic dance music. 
<laughs> I do. And these are all topics that I'd like to explore with you. <laughs> Let's go for it. Let's dive you in. Gotta, you got to take your pick. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, we could talk about EDM first, if that's what you want. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's my jam. <laughs> you know me. Who's your favorite DJ? Oh, gosh. It was Skrillex for a long time. Fair. <laughs> and now I just keep bouncing between different highly underrated SoundCloud artists. Such as? Hey, Ethan, you're a highly underrated SoundCloud That's true. artist. Follow me, follow me on SoundCloud, DJ underscore pillowcase. I have an original track and a remix. Yeah, one of them is the theme song to The Crunch. It's great. That's exactly correct. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't... See, this is the problem with me. I listen to songs and get attached, and then I don't look at, A, the title of the song, or B... How does that happen? The... <laughs> how do you I don't know. i'm just gonna listen I, to this song over and over again and not note what the title of it is or who wrote I it i don't even know like i just i get so into it like i don't even care what is happening around me like my house could be burning down and i'll just be sitting there in my room just like i feel this song right so now. do you prefer like well, slower like slower music like trap or moonbatone or Wait, deep house or whatever <laughs> or something faster have... and a bit more extreme I have two different playlists. Yeah. I have my like fast trap, like upbeat, like yeah. bass drops so heavy. Bangers. It'll like <laughs> bangers it'll and boom tunes. Eventually. Right. And then I have every song I own slower. is a banger. Yes. Yeah. And then I have my slower songs as well. There you so. go. That's sick. You should send me your playlist sometime. Absolutely, I will. That's dope. Um, <laughs> I'm putting you on Facebook right now so I can get the okay. get those playlists. All right. <laughs> How are we not friends? First, you're not following me on Twitter, Patrick, and now we're not. Yeah, that was that was that was uncomfortable <laughs> when I found out that I wasn't. Wait, no, we're friends on Facebook. Yes, we. Are. Yeah, we are. We've talked on Facebook before. That's right, we have. Yeah. Oh, well. Jeez, Patrick, get it together. So I'm not into EDM. We can tell. As, but <laughs> I'm always willing to try new things. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i started can we, i agreed to this podcast i'm yes, always willing to try yes. new things can we pair that with the beginning 10 minutes of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh golly gee patrick's, patrick's gonna have biracial babies i'm just putting that out there right now uh, um, i've already told my dad that i'm going to bring a white man home and uh, that i'm gonna have biracial babies and he's just I think he's just trying to cope with it at this point. You know, he's just like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Daniel Glaze knows what's up. That's, That's true. All I have to say. He's got a good thing going. All, all I want is to be able to go to Mexico and fit in. That's all I want. Right. You're never going to so have Why do you that. think I talk to Sir so much? That's true. I'm just like... <laughs> I had, a I had a conversation with, with, with Sergio the other day, and he was like, I miss the way that Spanish people say my name. White people mess it up so much. And I'm like, if yeah. I ever say your name, I'll make sure that I pronounce it correctly. And so I tried. Sergio. And he doesn't listen, so it's okay. Sergio. 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 Hey, Sergio. <laughs> anyway. Gosh, we in America just ruin everything, don't we? You're not wrong. <laughs> Um, Avera. Yes. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? How yeah. remarkable like, are you, Avera? 
philosophical question. What, Patrick? Oh, I meant in a completely utilitarian way. Why are you here? But no, let's go with that way. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We, we brought you on for a reason. Do you know what that reason is? You brought me on to talk about my blog and possibly slam Father James Martin SJ. I'm not positive <laughs> about that last part. That Maybe. Might happen. There will be. <laughs> it might happen. We'll see. Um, so, Vera, the reason that we invited you on is because Patrick and I receive numerous direct messages about people wanting us to do an episode on homosexuality. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, both of us are straight. And so... Yeah. If we were to talk about homosexuality, it would just be, uh, church teaching. Um, yeah. I knew a guy that was gay once, and uh, here's some we more church teaching. Most... That's it. We are Wonder Bread, Avera, you see. So we decided to bring on literally the, um, what's it called? The, uh, oh Come my on. gosh. I'm Come on, finish the, the metaphor. We're finish the, the metaphor. Word. We're getting the word. Demographical opposite of us. So... This is wonderful. So what, um, what is your blog called? Amira? Yeah. Start with the blog and then yes. that's, we'll see, we'll see from there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. The blog is titled inside my Holy of Holies It is basically just me being as open as possible and opening my heart to people about being a practicing Catholic that struggles with SSA. So I started the blog back in May of 2017. So just three months ago. And my sole purpose was to um, write two blog posts a week to help out the members of my local Courage group because we're starting Courage in my archdiocese, um, which is a group or a support group of sorts for Catholics with SSA. So Can you I real quick um, say what SSA means. Yeah, just same-sex attraction. So the person who is. Uh, physically or emotionally or both um, attracted to the same sex, the same gender. Um, and that was really the sole purpose of starting the blog. And I had no idea that it was going to blow up the way that it has. I currently, uh, with just three months of blogging, have over 1,000 uh, site views and post views. Um, so it has been a phenomenal journey just seeing people so interested in learning from someone who actually struggles with SSA. Because I think the problem is, like you guys said, you can quote uh, scripture, you can quote the catechism all day long, but at the end of the day, you're going to be discredited by a lot of people because you're straight. And this just isn't something that you were directly familiar with, you know? So I thought it would be a good idea for me to come out as someone who actually does struggle with this and says, you know what, I still love my church. You know, I'm still Catholic. I'm going to die Catholic. And here's why. So that's what the blog is all about. So when did you yeah. like make that decision? You know, I mean, was there kind of a, a turning point or maybe a crossroads where you had to have the conversation with yourself? Um, like, is it church teaching or is it not church teaching? You know? So I've known that I was attracted to other women for a long time. I think I was around 11 or 12. The first time I very vividly recollect having an attraction to another woman that was different and that I knew, um, you know, wasn't, wasn't average. And, you know, I, I've struggled with it for a long time and I didn't really say anything to anybody until I was in high school. Um, so I hid it for a long time. I guess you could say I was in the closet for a long time. Um, and then one of my friends, my junior year of college, just came up to me out of the blue and said, you're gay. You know that, right? 
And I was just, I was so If I had a dollar for every time somebody came up to me and said that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And um, I, had a, I had an incident where I had a couple people, you know, coming up to me and asking me and questioning my homosexuality or questioning, you know, if she likes this person or, you know, it, and it just, it, it kept circling back to me and I kept hearing all these things. And for the first time, you know, everything that I tried to hide for so long kept bubbling up to the surface. And, you know, it started driving me absolutely nuts. And just a couple of months ago, I was talking to my spiritual director about it and how I felt so alone and how I felt like there was nobody else who believed what I believed about the church, you know, and I wanted to stay Catholic and there wasn't a lot of people who, you know, wanted to take the same path as me. And so that's why he um, took the initiative to start the courage group for our archdiocese in our first meeting is either in August or September. Wow. And, you know, I just, I knew that, um, there were other people like me that were struggling and that needed help and that needed to know that they weren't alone. And so, you know, I, I knew very personally how that felt and I want to spare anyone else feeling like that. Um, so I decided to create the blog, uh, back in May and, you know, I've gotten a lot of great responses of people saying, you know, I thought I was the only one or, um, just thank you for being so open and, you know, being a witness to us, because I think that there was a big void of people talking about um, same-sex attraction within the Catholic Church. And I felt like if I could fill that void, you know, that I could, you know, help a lot of people, I could do very well for myself. And, you know, I wouldn't feel so alone, and I could help other people to realize that they're not alone. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, oh, never Yeah, mind. that's the thing. It's like, uh, as a as a straight dude, I don't really, I don't really uh, have much to add. There's really nothing to add, so, um, except like. Okay, go ahead, Pat. All right, yeah. Um, you're you're right. I was I was surprised myself when I came in uh, when I encountered people that um, struggle with same sex attraction. Same sex attraction. <clears throat> My household at Franciscan shot is um, it's a group of like 30 guys, and we have testimony week every semester where we all get together. And we talk about what God has done in our lives so far. So we all kind of know each other a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And out of that group of 30, about four or five guys have um, opened up about struggling with same-sex attraction in one I think the statistic is one in six people struggle with SSA. And I don't think it's any different within the Catholic Church. Yeah, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what interested me was that it seemed like they were all coming from different reasons for having this like they like when when they opened up about other things that happened in their lives you know like that could be a reason why um i i, I don't want to go like too deep into like oh your personal life or like stuff that may have happened to you in the past mm-hmm. but um a, lo- a lot of the the big the big argument is like a lot of christians will say it's a choice right right like you're deciding this and you're not and you're deciding to not be straight right but mm-hmm. and then the secular argument is, well, it's not a choice. You're born this way. But I've found, at least in my encounter with these four men, that it's it's kind of a neither situation. Right. Yeah, I So I don't I don't know if you have anything to add. I I definitely think that it is neither one of those. Um I think it could be something that happens. Um and I mean, I can I, I'm not scientifically based or really with anything, so 
I, I really, I, I can't speak for everyone. For my experience, though, I did not wake up one morning and choose to be gay. You know, so that was definitely not um, fifth grade, sixth grade Farron waking up one morning, or Avera, excuse me, waking up one morning <laughs> and saying, uh, saying, you know, I, I think I'm going to be gay today. Um, I also don't <laughs> recall being any younger and um, experiencing any attractions towards an towards women. I actually grew up pretty boy crazy. Um, so I don't, I don't know where it stemmed from exactly. You know, I, I can't, like I said, I can't speak for everyone, but specifically for me, I honestly think that it was something that, um, kind of formed over time. I don't know exactly where it started and I don't know if it's ever going to end. You know, I've thought about that a lot is that if, if this is kind of just a phase for me, because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, it's just a phase. And I've heard, I've had girlfriends who have said, um, yeah, I was attracted to women for a while and now I'm not anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I really, I honestly, I, I don't know. And I, I, I wish I could give a definitive answer, but honestly, I don't know the definitive answer. I don't know if there is a definitive answer. Yeah. There probably is. Um, but if there is one, I'm, I'm not sure of it. So I, I, yeah, one of my, one of my friends, one of those four men went through, um, counseling and he, through counseling, he dug up some traumatic, um, experiences. He experienced sexual assault when he was younger and that affected mm -hmm. his development. And so he's kind of worked through that with a counselor and with the spiritual director and, and he, he's dated, he's dated women and he's, I think he's still in a relationship now, but mm -hmm. yeah, so it, it, it seems like what, from my experience, at least in the way that Christians handle it, is they, they handle it as a purely spiritual problem, right? And, right? and then the secular world sees it as an entirely physical reality and then that it is okay. And so it's kind of like both of these, I think both of these approaches are poisonous to mm -hmm. the person. Honestly, I think it's a mixture between the two. Yeah. You know, I think um, where people, I'm not saying that SSA is a mental illness in any way, but if we're talking about mental illness in that way, you know, people... I, I mean, I think people can, um, you know, be, I mean, I mean, people who are like driven insane and things like that. Um, I think that that can be a progression, you know, that there's a lot of different things that might have happened. There could be something that set that off, you know, and like I said, I'm not sure if that was the case for me, but it very well could be. And from what I've heard from other people who experience SSA, there was a lot of trauma in their younger years. And like I said, I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, but from the people that I've directly experienced or the, from the people that I have uh, experience with and the people that I know personally, they will say like, you know, something happened, you know, or like something happened to me, whether it was sexual assault. I hear that one a lot. I hear mm -hmm. that one very, very frequently. Um, you know, it could it could be a lot of different things. I don't want to pinpoint it down to say it's one specific thing because, like I said, it might not be. Yeah. Um, but really, on the blog, I talk about my personal experience, and I make sure that people know that is that I'm not here to quote the Bible or anything like that. I'm here to give you the specifics of my life and share my life with you, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you've heard those Bible quotes so many times. You've seen the catechism quotes. You probably know them by heart better than I do, <laughs> you know, but you don't know me and you don't know my personal story and I'm not a statistic or a fact. I'm an actual human person. And I want this to come from a place where I am 
educating you by letting you experience who I am as a person. So do you feel as if the church has done a bad job of treating people with SSA um, or that experience SSA as a human person and rather treating them as a statistic? Honestly, no, I don't. Um, I would say that if you, if people would give the Catholic church a chance, they would be shocked. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, because I mean, I, crazy, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really. But I have, we're developing courage in my archdiocese, but courage has helped so many individuals that struggle with same sex attraction has helped so many people. There are so many devoutly Catholic good priests who are here for support for support for people with SSA. My spiritual director, I have two uh, technically because one switched uh, one switched uh, dice or not diocese switched churches. but he was the first person that I, I said, you know I think I'm attracted to other women. He was so good to me. You know, he's so gentle, he's so kind, and he has been such a prolific figure in my life. You know, he is nice so... word. Yeah. <laughs> That's a blogger word. <laughs> but he, he's been so good to me, and he still is so good to me. Um, even though I don't go directly to him for um, for spiritual direction anymore, he'll still check in, and he'll still... I know that he's there for me, you know, and... I know that the church is there for me as well. You know, I know that she's there to love me and she's there to be supportive of me. And she's there to call me to holiness despite the cross that I carry. You know, just because I carry the cross of SSA on my back does not mean that, you know, I'm somehow not capable of being more Christ-like. So. You spoke a little bit earlier about wanting the conversation to be about, uh, like not, not this conversation, but the conversation as a whole is being about the individual person and not the statistics. Um, so mm-hmm. in, in terms of you, you touched a little bit on your um, coming, your, your previous life before the blog, you know, what, what led up, but it's more specifically, um, were you, you're cradle Catholic, correct? I am. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a moment in your spiritual formation where you had a, um, a doubt about the church teaching or um, any kind of like desire to pull away from the church in favor of same-sex attraction? Always. Really? <laughs> you know, that is a thing that is that's constantly nagging at me. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about me, though, is the fact that I don't, I've never doubted the Catholic church teachings. You know, I've never said I don't believe that. And I think that's been my biggest problem and has caused me the most pain because I know what the Catholic Church teaches. I know it's true and I know it's good. It's just the fact of me being able to follow it, you know, or having the desire to follow it. And that's been my biggest problem. But, you know, at the end of the day, I I always come back. You know, I always come back to Christ. I never stay on my face for too long. And I'll always get up and keep going. Um, One of my favorite Bible verses, I tell people this a lot, um, is Jeremiah 20, 14 through 18, where Jeremiah is saying, cursed be the day I was born, because he experiences so much pain. And I say those are my favorite Bible verses because I relate to that. 
you know, I relate to that pain and I know what that feels like. And I know how it is to become angry with God. You know, there have been times when I've been in adoration and I've just been internally screaming at God saying, why would you give me a cross like this if you knew it was going to drag me face down in the dirt for so long? You know, why would you give me this cross if it was going to hurt me as much as it has? And I think one of my biggest spiritual formation um, moments was when Christ flipped those same questions around on me Ooh. and started asking me oh. that. Oh. <laughs> it, I think hold on, that hold on. Say, that, say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah, say, it, say that one more time. <laughs> my catchphrase, guys. Um, no, but I started asking Christ all these questions. Why would you give me this cross? You know, why would you hurt me as much as you have? And he turned around and asked me the same thing. And that has been, you know, something that continuously brings me back to the church and brings me back to authentic love and brings me back to, you know, Christ in and of himself because, you know, Christ shouted, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me from the cross so that we wouldn't have to say it by ourselves. And, you know, that's that's the most profound and most beautiful thing to me, just about carrying the cross that I do, because I know that I fall under the weight so much and it is so heavy and it is so burdensome. But, you know, at the same time, that's what draws me closest to Christ crucified, you know, because I struggle as much as I do. And, you know, I can't I can't take this cross away and I wouldn't ask it to go away because this is what's going to make me holy. This is what's going to make me strong. And this is what's ultimately going to lead me to heaven. And I don't want anyone to take that away from me. The reading um, on last Sunday was from Matthew was the my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I was reading a reflection in the Magnificat about it. And uh, the saint who I think the saint who was reflecting on it said something along the lines of uh, the burdens are not only light, but they become they make the rest of they, they, they make the rest of your life less burdensome. And sometimes I have trouble believing that in my own life, but I can understand like with, with a cross. I mean, let's think about other people's crosses. They always seem so much bigger, you know, like exactly. Yeah. I can't imagine going through that. And I also can't imagine going through that and thinking, you know, my life is better off for having this burden. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken me a while. Believe me. I've, yeah. like I said, I've dealt with this for a long time. And, you know, I think being, so young too a lot of people will say well you haven't dealt with it for that long um but you know at our age what i mean it seems long you know because yeah. we've i've only i'm only 20 years old you know and i've dealt with this for almost half my life so you know it just it's taken me a while it has but you know praise be to god that i have it and i wouldn't ask him to take that away yeah i would i would never say well you haven't dealt with it for that long because i haven't dealt with it at all Ever. so yeah i mean i can't really what do we know no <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're that's the other thing sometimes other people's burdens look a little too light so we like to pile it on a little bit you know like yeah uh, be older burden. deal with that <laughs> yeah how about you develop ulcers you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah what if you like women and had hemorrhoids huh huh <laughs> now it's getting a little yeah gay and also right. i'm cutting off your foot <laughs> King Kuta. <laughs> Are you proud of me, Ethan? That was a Are very good reference, me? Patrick. That was great. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. 
Oh, yes, we can. All right. <laughs> By the way, I looked up the I looked up the reason why yams are in that Oh, song no, and... Patrick, you looked up yams? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, of course oh, no, I looked Patrick. it up. I looked up the meaning to the lyrics. Of course I did that. Fill oh, in man. Bill Clinton with desires, and you didn't know what that what yams meant? I looked it up on my first listen. Okay. Oh gosh. Listen to the words. It tells you. No, no, it was it was on it was on behind the lyrics on Spotify. That's what it was. Beautiful. On 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 that. I love the song King Kuta. Just for the it's so good. I know all the words. (laughs) Oh man. Oh boy. Anyway. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Back on track. I have a question. It's kind of like a shift of gears from where you were before, but um, it also is very relevant. So how do you think, like, what is the best way? Mm, It's tricky because obviously – like we as Catholics want everybody who experiences SSA to have the same understanding of their sexuality and their lives, you know, as we do. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, and obviously the LGBT community is not very much in favor of that. So what is, what do you see? Like, what is your opinions on, or what are your opinions on how um, people who struggle with SSA within the church should interact with, kind of the greater LGBT community outside of the church? Like, what should that relationship look like? And how do, does the church as a whole, like including, you know, folks like me and Patrick, how can we help facilitate that relationship and kind of bring people into that understanding? I think that that relationship needs to be focused on love. Um, And the reason I say that is because there is an intense lack of authentic love and intimacy in the LGBT community. And I've been a personal witness to this. I've seen my friends go through this. Um, there's this longing, you know, there's this, there's this huge hookup culture in the LGBT community because people are searching in all of the wrong places for the love that they truly desire. And we know as Catholics that that love comes from Christ, but they unfortunately don't know that. And one of the things that I've learned, especially as a writer, is as a writer, I can't assume that my audience knows everything that I do. So I ha- my job as a writer is to make sure that they are able to in some way see the fact that or, or see the point that I'm trying to get across, you know, that they're able to see my point of view as best as they can. So I think that that relationship just needs to be focused on love. It needs to be focused on, you know, saying there's nothing wrong with you and you are welcome here. It needs to be a hand reached out. It needs to be an open heart. You know, it just has to, it has to be focused and centered on the love that Christ has taught us to love other people with. You know, we have to be able to Um, just be open and be honest, you know, and I'm not saying tell them it's okay to live in sin, but it needs to be, you know, can we have a conversation? Can we talk, you know, can we just be open with each other? Can we talk about love? Can we talk about these things? And, you know, that's, that's really why I wanted to start the, to start the blog in the first place, because I wanted to be able to spark that conversation, you know, even if it was me trying to share 
the blog post to someone else or someone, you know, like you or uh, Patrick, just to be able to share it with someone and say, can we talk? You know, I think we just, we can't get angry, you know, at each other and we can't turn it into a fight because that's what happens 90% of the time is it becomes violent and it becomes, you know, we're trying to be right over the other person. And it really needs to be just this openness. And that has to come from both sides. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, at some point, we might have to raise up and be the bigger people. You know, we just have to be able to be open and just be willing to love these people. Because at the end of the day, we're no different from anybody else. We all desire love. And we have to be willing to show them where to get that love. So I totally agree with you. But my brain immediately goes to, like, practically, what does that look like? Because, you know, if we want to invite people in, if we want to have real conversations with them, if we want to love them as a church in America, it's very difficult for us to do that. I think your the courage group is a great thing. Like, obviously, that's a great first step. And, you know, that should be more widely implemented. Um, but we can't just go around and, like, slap rainbow flags on the outside of our churches and say, you know, hey, come on in. We want to have a conversation with you because that you know, could potentially lead to scandal and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So how, uh, I don't know. I mean, other, I mean, there's always like the call for interpersonal relationships, you know, and that's how you spread the gospel anyway to anybody, you know, um, is there, is there a way that we can draw these people in that wouldn't otherwise come? Because if you tell someone, or at least if I told someone, Hey, come to the Catholic church and we're going to talk about love and sexuality and they'll yeah. be like what are you talking about i have no desire in any way to come to your dumb church you know right like i practically i don't know how to accomplish that yeah i mean i've struggled with this too you know because i think my situation is very unique because i've stuck with the church um but there are several of my friends who want no part of it um i think that at this point interpersonal relationships are our best bet you know, I know you said that that's not, you know, you know, what else is there? But I honestly think that that is the best way because, you know, even when you're talking about like marketing, like in business, the the way that we learn about everything is through our friends. You know, we want to see what our friends like, what our friends are into. You know, that's how we heard about Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, you know, and all these things. Yeah, true. And, <laughs> You know, I think that learning about the love of Christ is going to come from people who love Christ. And, you know, we have to be able to just have those relationships. And and I think it's important to keep in mind that those should not be our rock friendships, because that was my problem for a long time. It's just that, that I was centered in a friendship where we didn't have the same values. So I felt conflicted. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to turn. And, you know, the fact that we didn't have the same values crushed me. And, you know, those can't be our core friendships, but we still have to be open to those people and we still have to love those people. And we still have to invite those people into who we are as people, because at the end of the day, you know, we have all of these wounds and all of our wounds don't look the same. But um, there's that St. Augustine quote, I looked into my deepest wound and was dazzled by your glory. You know, other people are going to see those open wounds. And eventually, you know, through that love that we're able to share with them, they're going to want to come in and they're going to want to see what all this is about. So I think for right now, at least 
just in the time that we're living in, interpersonal relationships are the way to go. And that personal invitation to the love of Christ is our best bet. Yeah. The, like you said, the point of interpersonal relationships is to bring Christ to someone in a, in a truly tangible way to show the tangibleness of Christ. I, I was reading a book recently. Um, this is not a plug, but it's just a reference. Um, Chastity is for Lovers, Arlene Spensley. Have you read it? Uh, no, I haven't gotten okay. my hands on it. I need to. So the the biggest the biggest thesis, the big thesis of the book was like chastity is for everyone, obviously, and that it's not merely not having sex and it's not merely um, it's not merely uh, avoiding any disorder in your sexuality. So like it's not necessarily not looking at people sexually. Um but- Chastity is actively part of all of our friendships and it's how we it's how we can trust ourselves around the opposite sex, right? So um the for for same for people to struggle with same sex attraction, it seems to be the opposite problem. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. it's easier to be chased around the opposite sex, but it's more difficult to be chased around the same sex. Is that is that more I feel like that's correct. So it how can are, be. Yeah, it definitely can be. Um, in my situation, though, I find myself attracted in one way or another to both sexes, gotcha. um, which it can it can be very difficult. Um, but you know, it, I mean, it's difficult for me to have um, good and holy relationships with uh, both both sexes. However, I notice a a very big difference with my very Catholic friends and it, they make it so easy for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's so beautiful that I was able mm-hmm. to form those good chaste, holy relationships with these people because there's Christ at the center of that relationship. Whereas if there is a physical attraction or something at the center of another relationship, then it could be extremely difficult. You know, I think it's just putting Christ um, at the center before everything. Um, but what else were you going to say? Oh yeah. So just like, so that's awesome. Those, those friends, it's very easy to be chased with those friends. Mm -hmm. Maybe like what I want you to do is like pick one of those friends and think about something that they've done specifically that Mm -hmm. makes it easier to be chased with them. So like maybe, maybe cause I, I know that I have people in my life that I am necessarily physically attracted to. Right. But I know that it's not going to go anywhere. So I have to right. like make active steps to not act on those attractions and be chased and have chased relationships. So maybe pick like a person that you might be attracted to and think about like stuff that you do or that they do that shows you authentic chastity. Cause kind of what, what at least I want to take away from this as someone who wants to help same sex attracted people live chastity is how can I, as a straight person, showed authentic chastity to someone who struggles with same-sex attraction you know so like i don't know you think of a person you don't have to name them yeah um thinking right off the bat um one of my best friends on the planet uh i will play struggled with it and i was i told her you know right off the bat and she she always made a commitment to say you are so good you know, she's always there reassuring me of my value and my worth as a human person. And I think that that's all really that we want as human beings to know that we're good, you know, to know that we're loved and to know that we're known. 
And she she does that very well, too. She makes an effort to know me as an individual, you know, not as someone who struggles with SSA, but someone who is, Mm -hmm. you know, someone who exists and someone who desires to be known, desires to be loved. And, you know, and that has been very powerful to me because, like I said, there's that lack of intimacy within the LGBT community. And, you know, just having her there as a support system, having her there being able to reassure me that I'm loved and that I'm cared about, that I'm cared for, um, that has been essential for me and my growth um, as a person, and especially as a person that struggles with same-sex attractions. Um, I'm going to switch it again, switch it up a little bit more this time. Uh, I want to talk about the Jesuit in the room. So okay. uh, everybody, everybody has an opinion on Father James <laughs> Martin S.J. Right. This is my opinion. I believe that he has very good intentions. I do too. I um, want to get that out of the way. I don't first. think that he is intentionally misleading anybody away from church teaching. I, don't, right. I honestly don't think that he is. I think that sometimes the way that he phrases things due to maybe some of his own personal opinions can get in the way of his good intentions. Is that fair? I think he's, I think he's also trying not to sound harsh. Yeah. I think that's a big thing for him. And to an extent I do understand um, because everybody wants to get their feelings hurt nowadays. Everybody (laughs) wants to get in their feelings. Everybody wants to start a fight and everyone wants to cry about something and get offended about something. So I get that that is a concern of his. However, I, I, it just, it, it rubs me the wrong, the wrong way. You know, I feel like, and like I said, I haven't read his book. Um, I need to, I need to get my hands on it just to see, you know, um, what it is exactly that he's saying. Um, but from what I've gathered, I feel like he is saying in one way or another that people with SSA need, um, I don't want to say special treatment, but like I said, like I mentioned before, almost need the rules bent um, for us to get by. And what that says to me is we don't have the same capacity to reach holiness as others do who don't struggle with SSA. And that bothers me because in all honesty, I think that in this generation, Whoever is the greatest saint among John Paul II, Mother Teresa, um, Mother Angelica, whoever's the greatest saint, of uh, one of the greatest saints of this time period is going to be someone who struggled with SSA and did not let it get them down, did not let that cross crush them under the weight. You know, and I just, I think that if I was sitting in a room with him, and I think he would be very calm, and I think that he would be very open to listening to what I'd have to say. I want to put that out there as well. Um, I think just what I would say to him is that more than anything, as a Catholic that struggles with SSA, I want to be called to chastity. You know, I want to be called to holiness, and I want to be Christ-like to the best of my ability. And he does not have to water down the gospel to get me to stay because Mm -hmm. I'm staying, 
you know, and I'm not going anywhere. And all I want is support. You know, all I want is to know that my church and her priests and her bishops back me and her believers back me and support me and are encouraging me to come to holiness and to become a saint one day. Because at the end of the day, holiness and heaven is the goal for all of us. And anything less than that is hell. Figuratively mm-hmm. and literally. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, I know we talk a lot about the both end of Catholicism on the crunch, but I feel like <laughs> that we're caught in a neither or, you know, at this, with this, it's like Father, Father Martin sees um, what is what is rightly intolerance, ignorance, and a misunderstanding of what is a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And people that don't understand same-sex attraction and so he tries to overcorrect in one direction and then people see him going that direction so they overcorrect the other way and they kind of the, a 180 of what he's doing and, and what you said is right i believe that if you spoke with him if you sat in a room with him he would be very open to what you have to say and he would listen to you because he respects you as an individual right here's that's the a, thing that is a virtuous quality of father martin that i think mm-hmm. people throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of father martin Right. Because they, that the the whole like the whole the whole like making fun of dialogue, you know, like we need dialogue, and then people like, lol, dialogue doesn't matter, but dialogue does matter. It Conversations does. with essential. people do matter. So like the problem is, you see, you see people getting, people reacting to the ignorance and becoming hyper tolerant, and then people reacting to the hyper tolerance and becoming hyper ignorant, and then people that struggle with same-sex right. attraction just get left in the dust, and we're just fighting over their territory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I was authentically confused like I was just like I don't even know where to turn you know I don't know who to listen to because both I I felt it tugging at me for a long time that both sides of that argument were wrong (laughs) and you know and I just I didn't know what to do I was just so confused and and I, I think that that was my biggest motivation to come out and say something for myself because you know I felt like I feel like I stand in the middle and I stand in a place that isn't really gravitating towards either side, but is asking the question. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, objectively correct by any means. Um, but I, I'd like to be, you know, that is my, that's my hope. And that's my wish that I would be able to say everything that God has for me to say. And then I move with the spirit. And then I say, I say everything that he gives to me. Um, so I mean that that is my that's my main objective is just to be um just to, not necessarily to be on the side of you know or either side it's just to be on the side of right you know just be where everything is true and that it's good and it's beautiful I I saw this tweet today and it's perfect this is so perfect how this lined up <laughs> this trads need to fall in love with a human being liberals need to fall in love with the faith and oh my goodness it's the greatest thing because all of the people that attack james martin talk in a way as if they've never met a gay person in real life before and that it's some (laughs) kind of wild giraffe that you're never going to see and like father martin is only talking to you know 0.2 percent of the population he's watering down the faith for the small group of people you know and they've never actually interacted with somebody who struggles with ssa um or or anything like that, you know, and they, yeah. they've only seen it on the Internet and they've never, you know, and they've ever gone out. And they've never been on the street. They don't know what it's like. They don't live the exactly. life, you know, where on the other side, not saying that Father Martin is a quote unquote liberal, 
but um, people on on the left or on the other side of the of the equation will will like you said you know will attempt to water down the faith to kind of um, condescend to the level of the LGBT community, which I think right. doesn't do you know people who experience SSA any good because it it makes you feel or I would imagine it would make you feel you know kind of catered to and not like you said like not receiving the fullness of truth which is what you desire you know and honesty, so both both sides are wrong it really yeah. it really does make mm-hmm. me feel like someone's lying to me and <laughs> both you know, sides are of, lying to you yeah exactly <laughs> at the end of the day we all desire truth you know that's one of the i for, forget the word for it patrick do you know the five transcendental desires those he, is there the, five i hope there were only three. Oh, yeah, I, I heard there was five um, but I think one of them is perfect truth. You know, we desire that the truth be told to us and we desire that we know what's true and we know what's good. And that's all I, that's all I want. You know, I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to have the faith watered down to me so that I can get with it or that I can feel accepted or wanted. You know, I want the real thing. I want the authentic and I want the truth. Wow. Yes, there's five transcendentals. I just googled it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard Sister Miriam James uh, Heinlein talk about them at Seek. I yeah, forget being what something, unity, truth, goodness. Yes. Hey, that's oh, those are good things. Oh, I know those things. <laughs> I what you say? You hold know? on, say them again. Being unity. Oh crap. Oh no, Patrick. Uh, being unity, something. Um, one of them is home isn't it perfect home no okay i'm re-googling that, it i closed that... out <laughs> i wasn't listening the first time you. i'm sorry <laughs> i'm i'm the worst hey, this is all wikipedia so <laughs> don't judge me but the five no this is transcendentalism that sounds right all right just skip it it's not important yeah we're skipping we're yeah. skipping it we're moving on <laughs> wow yeah, that's like the truest thing I've ever heard, Avera. Like, <laughs> you, everything that you say just makes me feel so much more, I don't know. Like, these kinds of things are tricky because you can't, just, you can't just sit down with your friend and say, and just kind of just jump into a conversation like this, mm-hmm. you know? These things take time. Yeah, they really. take effort. They take relationships. <laughs> If you really care about somebody that struggles with SSA and they desire truth and they're really struggling with it, you could be walking with them for years, <laughs> years. And in our culture today, in this quick culture where a Steubenville conference can change someone's life and that's only three days, you know, right. or what have you, or a tweet or a news article will change politics or business or whatever, people are expecting these conversions and these these changes of heart for everybody to happen in such a short period of time, regardless of the cross that you're carrying, regardless of what's happened to you in your life, regardless of where you're at, people just expect it to be quick and they don't want to put in the effort into the individual relationships. And so I, I don't know. I'm convicted now. I mean, not that I know somebody and I'm going to go be like, hello, I'm your friend now because I understand what it's like to be a SSA person. (laughs) You know, you know me. Oh my gosh! Hit my phone anytime. I probably <laughs> need it. No lie. <laughs> Good call. I I'll tell do it. I mean, when in doubt, yes, I do need you to pray for me. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think the 
I think the the problem is we approach a lot of um, a lot of topics as if we're talking to lukewarm Catholics because that is truly uh, the one of the biggest epidemics of our time is is lukewarm Catholicism and so that's kind of like that's what Steubenville conferences are after you know and lukewarm Catholics get shook after a three day conference but yep that's true <laughs> someone who has really experienced pain and is not lukewarm at all but is very anti mm-hmm. I it's just it's not going to happen the same way as um, Zitface Patrick, who didn't really take his faith seriously, but could have, you know, it's like, right. I, I mean, I never really experienced true pain or like a true identity crisis that comes with realizing I'm attracted to people that I'm told that I know I'm not supposed to be attracted to. You know, that, right. I mean, I, I don't, I can't imagine that kind of trauma being fixed that quickly. So yeah, Ethan, you're right. I mean, walking with people and then, and that also doesn't mean that you have to dedicate your life to fixing everybody's same-sex attraction yes you know it means we're not in charge of fixing people we we here's the thing this also i'm pissed this is also a problem that people have is that they think that they're so gosh darn smart they're so intelligent they're so holy they're so catholic whatever that they can fix people father james martin father james martin cannot cannot fix people people. i can't fix anybody avera you cannot fix anybody patrick you cannot fix anybody the only person that can fix anybody (laughs) is jesus christ that is the only there's no other way there's nothing else that can happen so first of all we need to understand that as a church and that needs to be the church's approach into how this works in as far as like reaching out to uh, the LGBT community in America is that we now, can't me... do crap is that we have yeah. to pray and the center of it all has to be Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and it's not right now and it makes me so angry now, ah. the reason why the reason why courage would work in your archdiocese of error is not because it's courage it's not because it's it's not going to work just because it's a program um, I'm I'm now sharing in your anger and also Luke's. He talked about this at the convocation a lot. He was like, you know, programs are not going to fix unless we understand that it's Christ alone who works through programs like courage. You know, the only reason why courage would work is because Christ is involved. Absolutely. And it's a little quieter because my family's asleep. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I'll say this, you know, I have learned the hard way that, I cannot fix anyone. You know, one of my one of my best friends in the world, I love her to death, um, has very different views than me. You know, is not uh, ca- Catholic, you know, just really has this negative view of the Catholic Church, I believe. Um, you know, and I had to, I had a rude awakening where she didn't talk to me for a long time because I was trying to fix her. I swore that I was going to convert her and, you know, I was going to just be this extremely holy person and she was just going to convert immediately. And that did not happen. And I almost lost her because of that, you know, and I regret that, you know, every single day. Um, I have learned though, you know, that, we, the only thing that we can do is really share information with people. We can share our experiences. We can share who we are. We can share the love of the church, but that is the only thing that we can do. You know, it is all Christ from there. And we have to be able to wrap our tiny little brains around that because if we don't, we're going to keep driving people away and we're going to lose a lot of our own. We're going to lose the people that we already did not, quote unquote have 
you know, and we have got to get out. We have got to get out of God's way. Honestly, we have got to stop playing God. And sit I think down, all- be humble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you quoted More that on, on another podcast, and I literally started dancing, Ethan. I, like I was listening to the podcast, and I just started doing the dances. I love that song. Uh, the chorus, <laughs> the chorus is so good. The verses are kind of questionable. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Clean version of everything. Yeah, we just <laughs> just Spotify. Yeah, please put a please put a clean version. <laughs> uh, more Kendrick. Yeah, let's just let's keep quoting Kendrick because that'll that'll solve our problems. Basically, I don't I don't have any other questions. I'm just glad that we're here. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm in this internet room with Avera. I am I am glad to be here. Praise God for both of you in this podcast. I listen all the time. Thank you. That's so nice of, of you. I do too. What? what? <laughs> I I will be eagerly listening to the bonus podcast that you guys recorded while I wasn't here. While I was driving <laughs> very fast down US one. We talked about some great stuff, right, Avera? We did. We really did. Can I heard you, t- you talk about Mardi Gras. I love Mardi Gras. We did. Can because you tell the people? Can you tell the people to donate to our Patreon? <laughs> Don't let anybody from New Orleans tell you that Mardi Gras started in New Orleans because they are all liars. Mardi Gras started in Mobile, Alabama, my hometown. Gotcha. So. <laughs> I'm upset. That's just one tidbit of the bonus podcast yeah. <laughs> that you will receive if you donate to our Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/thecrunch. <laughs> Never go to patreon.com slash uh, catching foxes. Because that doesn't exist. It's, oh, it's catching, catching it's it's slash CF. CF. Yes, sorry, I forgot that it was CF. Never go oh. there. Never give them money. They have real people jobs. Avera, Avera, quick, favorite podcast, Catching Foxes or The Crunch, go. This is The Crunch. <laughs> Good answer. You've passed. Although, no bias. if Captain Foxes would like to have me on, I'm not going to say no either. So, like, yeah, same here. At me, at <laughs> Diary476 on Twitter. Hey. We've been on Catching Foxes, but Ethan's audio got messed up, so we couldn't have our episode. Well, Gomer, <laughs> Gomer's was messed up, too. Everything was messed up. <laughs> it was probably just Good. me. It was just a messed up situation. And then Every that time whole time. We get mentioned on Catching Foxes, I listen to it over. Like I, I re I replay it twice because <laughs> it just makes it makes me feel like I'm doing something in the world, you know. I feel it. The fact that Gomer and Luke talk about me, that's good. That's that awesome. Someone, you, Gomer and Luke. someone DM'd me and was like, "Hey, could you do a collab with Catholic stuff? You should know." And I was like, "No." <laughs> what are you talking Here's about? The thing. No one's allowed to do collabs with Catholic stuff. You should know. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I think he severely overestimates my clout with the uh, Catholic <laughs> podcasting community. That's the thing; people think we're actually people think we matter. That's the, yeah. That's the best. Did you part see that what Gomer posted on Facebook today? Gomer posted that they've had almost five hundred thousand downloads and all of across all of their episodes, which is like oh, across all of their episodes. Yeah, okay, that's a little different. Which I thought is, it was just this month, which is ten times larger than ours. Yes. Catching foxes is huge. Ten times. Like, people don't realize how big their podcast is. <laughs> how small ours is. You know? I still love Which, you both. Thank you. So, you no, we love you. That's why you're on here. 
Ye. I'm giving you the heart symbol. I don't know if you can see it. I can but... see. Yeah, we can see you. You can't see okay. us. Yeah. I definitely know that nobody at home saw that. So we've been we've been watching this whole time. Don't worry. Okay, sweet. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. No. Uh, Avera, are there any last words you want to tell the people? The people. Um, the people. <laughs> um, subscribe to my blog. Well, uh, no, no, no. What's <laughs> real words? We'll, we'll take care of the. We'll take care of the the tidbits <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. That way, yeah. Um, I don't words know. Words of hope and encouragement. Words of hope friends. and encouragement. Um, you're gonna die eventually. Sick. <laughs> That's actually encouraging. I don't know how. Man, Catholicism <laughs> has really messed me up. That made me feel good inside. I say that. Um, I tweeted this a while back. I said Catholicism has ruined my life in the best way possible. Um, because <laughs> it's, it's changed my view on so many things and i say you're gonna die because you know you have a limited amount of time on this earth you know you have um you only have a few years to before you go and meet your maker and i want every single person that i know and that i love every person um that i can get to to be able to stand before god's face and have him recognize you you know, have him say, well done, my good and faithful servant, and not turn you away because you turned away from him your entire life. You know, I want you to go before God and be welcomed into heaven with open arms and with angel choirs cheering your name because you did it right and you achieved holiness and you achieved sanctity. And, you know, that's my that's my encouragement is that no one is no one can escape the call to holiness. You know, we all desire holiness, no matter how much we try to choke all of that down. You know, we all desire it. We all want heaven. And that's the goal. Ultimately, what else is there? That's so... the dream. That's the dream, baby. <laughs> the American dream. I spent too much time. I spent too much time watching Netflix. <laughs> Instead of instead of are you still watching instead of are you still watching The Office, Netflix should say you're going to die someday. Continue. (laughs) Do something with your life, Patrick. Darn it! No, do not continue. (laughs) Man. So, Avera, where can people find you on on the blogosphere, on Twitter, on any other social medias that you that you love? My personal Twitter is diary476. My Instagram, my personal Instagram is Avera Maria Santo. It's just my name. And you can follow my blog on Twitter and Instagram at inside MHOH. And you can subscribe to my blog. I will give you, I'll give you boys the link to that to put in the description. Is it um, a super I don't long? Have my own domain name yet. <laughs> hey, hey it's, super, it's super easy and super cheap. And I can, I can help you with that after the show. I don't want to dive all the name of our secrets. We haven't Please. done it yet. So don't ask us. We have our own domain name. <laughs> no, we don't. We have a Wix yeah, we site. No, we have a, we have we bought a domain name. It's it was twelve dollars a year. When did you do that? It's the crunch. <laughs> it's www.thecrunchcast.com. You type that and it goes straight to the Wix site. Well, oh my goodness. Oh well, we still have a Wix site. So yeah, we still have, still we still have, have my... a free website. But here's here's what I did. Okay, I changed. <laughs> I redirected the domain so that Google instead of it sends you to our our free domain name on Wix instead of. That's dope. You know what? Listen, I did it. I, I, I built a website for twelve dollars. It's, it's hard to do, and you should appreciate me more. That's that's the answer that I'm giving you. You know what? Everyone, stop listening to the crunch and only read a very. That's what you need to do. 
Okay. You're the one. Ethan. You are the one that showed up to this interview forty minutes late. Forty minutes late. Do not. You know what? Do not talk trash. You actually you know probably fair. could fit into a black family because you showed up to this forty minutes late. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick's <laughs> on CPT. Time for real, dude. <laughs> I'm adding that one to my book. <laughs> The book of stereotypes that I'm I was unaware of before. Black people are late. <laughs> I would find a way to be late to my own funeral. Trust me, we will find a way. That's why they call you that. That's why they would say like the late Avera. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I'm so angry right now. All right, I'm done. Can we? I Let's wrap it right now. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um. Yeah. We never introduced ourselves. Were we gonna do that later? We're gonna do it a later thing. Okay. Cool. Thank you for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.